Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Forever Family series, where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Now let's join him for today's message. Today's verse is found in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and it's just one verse, verse 15. It says, But if I should be delayed, I have written so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Today's title is Imaging God. I say this because in this one verse, I want us to look at what he calls the church being the pillar and foundation of truth, because in this, he's speaking towards the conduct of how we operate within the church and how we are God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. All this saying is we who belong to Christ as we are a church, we reveal and put forth God's truth to the world. Just how God in times past spoke to the prophets and the fathers, he has revealed himself ultimately, Hebrews chapter 1, in the Son. And now within the church of Jesus Christ, we are representatives of the Lord. What this one verse is telling us is this. If you don't remember anything else I'm talking about today is remember this. The world comes to know God's truth through us, the church. And if we don't represent the truth properly, then the world is left in a fog. And they may know that there is a God, but they will not know who he is. In this one verse we just read, what the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. He's left Timothy. Timothy is laying out elders and he's training elders and, and placing pastors within the city. And What he is training him on over this time is he's calling him to be faithful to the gospel. He's telling him how the men should operate. He's talked about how we should pray. He's talked about even modesty within the church. He's talked about the characteristics and the call for the elders and the pastors. He's talked about the characteristics and the attributes and role of the deacons within the church And then in verse 14, he says, look, I'm writing this because I hope to come to you soon. So he's saying, this is the stuff I'm going to be talking about when I come. He says, but if I'm delayed, I've written this so that you all know how we ought to behave, how we ought to conduct ourselves, how we ought to position ourselves, how we ought to operate before a watching world. And today I'm going to walk through three aspects in which we as a church operate as the pillars in support and foundation of truth. 
I love this language because he's using this metaphor here to understand what it means for the church to be a pillar and a support of truth. He's saying that we are the support. We are what holds up. We are what keep everything in place when it comes to truth. This is why I say that the church is God's place. The church is God's avenue, venue. The church is God's resource, God's tool, so that truth may be known in the world. And let me share something with you. One of the most ridiculous things we hear in our culture today is when somebody says, your truth, my truth. That's inherently contradictory. Why? Because truth is not subjective. Now, you may have your perspective. You may have your opinion. You may have your experience. That don't necessarily mean it's truth. Because I may feel like in the moment I'm not loved. Truth is, God loves me. Truth is truth, whether we know it, whether we like it, whether we agree with it. Truth is truth. When he says we are the pillar and support of truth, he's referencing back the truth of the gospel. He's referencing back to who God is so that the world may know truth at its core and it's founded in the church. And so what is this truth we ought to be putting forth? What is it that we are supposed to be doing? How are we supposed to be functioning as God's bitmoji? And the first one is this. We exalt the Savior, meaning we give glory to God. We glorify God. We're inviting people to come into a relationship with the Lord. And we do so by we exalt our Savior. We give him glory. When we come in in church and we're singing about his praises and we're thanking him and we're praying, all these things that we're doing that we are take on the outside so that in all we do, we give God glory and honor and praise. And what do we do? We're marketing for him. So when something good happens in your life at work and you say, thank you, Lord. You know what you just did? You just marketed it for the Lord. You gave him glory and you put him on display. This happens all the time. I, I, I found myself, sometimes I'll be like, am I sounding too churchy? I'll be talking to somebody and I'll be, within my conversation, I'm talking about what the Lord did. And I'm saying, man, I ain't going to lie. The Lord opened up this door and I had this conversation. And I'm like, they're going to think I'm crazy. But this is, what I, this is how I'm operating. And the whole time I'm giving God glory for everything I'm doing. And by doing so, I'm putting him on display. This is what he has called us to do. We put God on display. We put his faithfulness on display. We put his holiness on display. We put his justice on display. We put his righteousness on display. Everything about us, we're putting him on display. How we act and how we react to life. This is one of the ways we make God... No, because the purpose of the church in Ephesians 3, 2, 1, he says, the whole purpose of everything we do is to glorify God. The whole of our life is to glorify God. This is important because when things happen in our life, who do we give the credit to? I'm very intentional to give credit to the Lord, like in everything. I'll thank the doctors for their expertise and their studies and their diligence, and then I thank God in front of them for giving it to them. I praise God for giving you that. Thank, thank God you were alert and well prepared. Everything he's calling us to give him glory. That's why we as a church, if it don't line up with giving God glory, 
we ain't doing it. And I know that's bad grammar. We ain't doing it. There's a whole lot of good things we can do, but we're not just in the business of trying to do good. We do good to give God glory. And if I can't give God glory, then I'm going to go about another way to do it because I got to give him the glory and the credit. It says that first off, we as imaging God, we as putting him on display is our exaltation of him, us giving him glory, us giving him praise. This is how we operate as his bitmoji. But then there's a secondary aspect that sometimes can get uncomfortable. And this is this part that I like to call, as we put, as we put his character on display, as we put his holiness on display, as we put his glory on display, there's opportunity within the church that we grow together. And what I'm going to call this, I'm, I'm, I, you'll see this little pattern. We go from exalt the Savior till we edify the saint. We, we, we edify the saint. That means we, we, we build up. We, we, we encourage. We're saying something about our building up and our growth and our discipleship becoming more like God, becoming more like Christ. Now, we see this in every avenue of life. And for some reason, Satan has confused us or distorted God's plan and how we do this within the church of the living God, God's household. Remember, we're forever family. When we say edify the saint, saints are those who have placed faith in Jesus Christ. You're not special above other believers. Every believer, according to the New Testament, is a saint. Every last one of us. When we say edify, this is how we build one another up. We go through this process of discipleship. So, yeah, we grow in the knowledge of God. And then we grow in our application of it. And we do so till we get to the point to where now we can grab somebody else's hand and walk with them as well. That's the whole goal of what we do. We do all that we do because why? as we do so, we are putting God on display. Because this is part of the fulfillment when God called Adam and Eve to go into the world, be fruitful, and multiply. It wasn't just about physical multiplication. It was about the representation of God over the earth. And this is why Jesus came to the disciples and said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, and I am with you until the end of the age. That end of the age lets us know he wasn't just talking to those 11 standing there and the other disciples around. He was talking to all his disciples through the age. We build each other up. We train each other up. And it's not always comfortable because we have a standard. Our standard is God's word. And in our natural flesh, let's keep it real, in our natural flesh, in our sin nature, Truth is, we're not going to always feel good about what God say because sometimes what I want and what God want don't match. And what we have to make a decision is, who is Lord? Am I Lord or is he? More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. 
go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. When we go against God, from what he has said, thus says the Lord, we tell God, uh, move off that throne, I'm going to sit here for now. And we sit on his throne in our life. And we got to be very careful of that because when we do so, we actually make ourselves an opponent of God. One is going to lose. God is undefeated. I say that not to scare you, but to encourage you to know that God has a plan and purpose and a will for us collectively and individually as we grow in his grace, as we grow in his will, as we grow for the purpose of not just knowing, because a doctor that just know the book stuff, but ain't been through the process and the training, you don't want that doctor operating on you. I remember recently, you know, not long ago when my dad was about to go through his extensive surgery, it was a 10-hour surgery, I sat there and talked to the doctor, the surgeon. I said, Dr. Waters, walk me through what you're going to do. I said it real confident, like I done been to, you know, medical school or something. Walk, walk me through this. He know, he know I'm not an MD. He know I'm not a DO. I'm not a PA. I'm not a registered nurse. I'm not any of that. You know I was a pastor. I said, walk, walk me through what you're going to do with my dad. He got the whiteboard. He erased everything. And he started writing all these long medical terms. And he was saying, this, we're going to start this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this, this, and this. This is the plan. When I do this, he's writing it all out. If that doesn't work, I'll do this. If this occurs while I'm doing that, then I'll do this. And he went down this long thing. And when I got done, and then he talked about how he's done this before. And he says, and I've seen this before when I've done it. And when he got done, I was like, I knew two things. One, I knew he knew what he was talking about. I didn't, but I knew he knew. I knew he knew what he was talking about. And I knew he's done it before. So I was like, all right, doc, let me pray for you. Let's go. Let's go. I was confident. I was like, at least he know, and he's done it. The church is not just for us to know God's word, but as in James said, he says it's not, it's not enough just to hear. He's called us to do. He wants us to live it out. And as we do so, we put God on display. And the world learns who God is as we build one another up so that we may live it out. In the world, discipleship. The Spirit leads us in the Word. And then, one of the last phases, one of the last ways we image God, that we put Him on display, that we represent Him in this world, from we exalt the Savior, that's glorifying God, we, we edify the saints, that's discipleship. And then, the last one is we evangelize the sinner. No, that's God's mission. For the world that doesn't know him, we share the message so that they may know him. That's, that's, that's what he's called us to do. One of the things that we have in our society, if you've, and some of you may have been, in, uh, you may have experienced this on one side or the other. But uh, when you may have a, a relative or a close friend that has become an addict of whatever substance, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, they've become an addict. 
You have family and friends that will sometimes call what's named an intervention. The whole purpose is to share what the problem is, to convince them that there is a problem, and to try to get them to embrace transformation and change and deliverance from their problem. Let me tell you something, family. We are, as the Church of Jesus Christ, we are God's intervention for a world that is further and further away from him. And just like some addicts we know, they don't think they have a problem. Ain't no problem. I'm good. I'm in control. I don't need to have it. The world without Christ is in that mind frame. Don't need him. Don't want him. I'm good. I'm straight. But just like in an intervention, those that actually love the person We in the body of Christ, we as the church, we as what he says in his verse, the household of God. We actually care for the world that doesn't know him. We actually care about the destination that they're headed to. We actually care that they do not know the joy of the Lord and the forgiveness of their sins. And he's called us to share the message. One of the saddest things, though within the body of Christ is that we often buy into the mindset that, well, I just live good and I don't bother nobody, I don't hurt nobody, that's good. Showing them Jesus. When the gospel is actually a message, it's a report, it's a declaration that has to be shared and it's to be shared matching your walk in it. Jesus Christ. The gospel is simply this message. This is simply, I want you to memorize this. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, three and a half years before Jesus died on the cross, the scripture says that he was going around town to town and he was preaching the gospel. He was saying, repent and believe in the gospel. So the gospel is not just reduced to Jesus' death, burial, resurrection. The gospel is a holistic message that through the death, burial, and resurrection, we have entrance into the kingdom of God. So let me share this simple sentence with you. When I say simple, and there's a lot in here, but this, this, this is the gospel message. The gospel message that we share is that whoever believes in the person and work of Jesus Christ is rescued from the righteous judgments of God and is forgiven of all sin and granted entrance into the eternal kingdom of God. That's good news. That's good news. Because what it's saying is, we all deserve God's righteous judgment, but whoever, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you grew up, no matter who you are, you think you, I'm so bad, God don't forgive me. No, whoever you are, believe on the person and work of Jesus Christ. His life, death, burial, resurrection. By faith in him, we have forgiveness. We're rescued from God's righteous judgment, and we have full guarantee into the eternal kingdom of God. That's the gospel. That's the message we bring. That's the message we share. That's the message we declare. It's not a riddle or a puzzle for somebody to figure out. It's someone to accept and embrace. And he says, this is how we put God on display. Holistically, we give God glory. We disciple and grow together. And we share the same message that saved us to a world that doesn't know him. And as we operate properly, because what did he say in this text? In this text, he says, I've written these things to you so that you know how to behave 
in the household of God. When we behave properly, when we do as God has intended us, the world comes to know, those around us come to know who Jesus is, the truth of Jesus Christ. It does not mean that everyone will accept Jesus. I don't want you to think that because I don't want you to think, oh, well, I'm not doing enough because they didn't say yes to Jesus. No, we put God on display. We let the Lord handle what he handles. You heard me say it before. I took it from my boy, Dr. Larry Moyer. He says, our job is contact. His job is conversion. So you don't save anybody. The Lord does that. We just walk in obedience and share the message along with the lifestyle. And as we do this properly within the church, we see God do things. I mean, he just shows himself faithful. He just shows himself faithful. But we got to be operating properly. What he say? I've written this so that you may know how to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. The world knows truth through us. When I say operating properly, I, before we got rid of our Corolla, one of the most frustrating things. Now, I love the Corolla. We drove it basically until the wheels fell off. All right, so I don't, I'm not bashing Corolla. I might buy another one. That, that thing lasted and did, it did its job. Put a lot of miles on it. A whole lot of miles on it. Uh, one of the things that start, I, I had a problem with was in the, there was a mechanism within the automatic window that had broken. And so I couldn't let the window up and down. Now, that's a problematic in South Florida. Would you agree? The driver's side window can't go up or down. So it is hot. And then we started to have a problem with the AC. So now the AC don't work, and I can't let the window down. So I got three windows down and just hoping, just woosah, just try to get my mind right and just not die death of hot heat, right? So I, I'm, I'm driving. And then because I never addressed that problem, that same mechanism that, that, that went bad and wasn't allowing the window to go up and down, it affected the locking mechanism. It, it affected the locking system. So now, not only could I not let the window up and down, it became a fire hazard because now I could not open or unlock the door from the inside. Now, I'm not a huge guy, but I'm not a small guy. So I was parking far away from people so I could crawl across and go out the passenger side. Because before that happened, when I, I, let the win, I was trying to let the window down a little bit, and then I reached, and I opened it up, and then I had to try to pull the window up. And I'm like, this is, this is embarrassing. So, you know, you park kind of far off. You're like, why are you parking out there? I'm good. I just, I'm going to you know, get some extra steps. I got my steps. Get my steps. I'm, I'm, I'm walking far. But it, it, it wasn't working right. And then, thank God, my, my brother-in-law stepped in. He, he fixed that thing and like that. But because since it was a quick fix... And it wasn't, because really, I, I needed to replace all of it. I'm like, I'm not investing in that with this car. That costs more than the car. It went right back bad again. And so I would go somewhere, and I, I remember one time I was going, I was speaking for one of the football teams for chapel before a game. And the valet guy came up, and I, I, I waved at him and, and pointed like that, and he opened the door for him. I said, thank you. And I said, hey, when you valet this, the door don't open, and the window don't let down. So... Just crack the door. <laughs> crack the door, park it, then close it. Don't close it while you're sitting in here. It's real. It's real, right? <laughs> See, 
When things on my car door didn't operate properly, it brought all kind of heartache, confusion, frustration. Uh, it, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. One little part wasn't operating properly, which caused another problem, which caused another problem, which caused another problem. I share this because when we get out of step with God, it can cause problem after problem after problem, and now we're not functioning properly, and now it's affecting even the world because now the world is not being led in truth. But God has called us to lead the world in truth. See, just like he had called, just like he had called the nation of Israel to be a light to the Gentiles, they didn't fulfill that. Jesus came and he fulfilled what God had called the nation of Israel to do it, and he's using the church, all who follow Jesus Christ, Jew and Gentile. He's using us to be his ambassadors. As 2 Corinthians 5 says, we are his ambassadors, and we're calling out to the world that don't know him, be reconciled to God. We do so as we order ourselves properly so that we can function properly, so that we can fulfill what God has called us to do. We put him on display. We image God. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series Forever Family, where we learn how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to donate to Point Ministries today and request your copy of the Forever Family Sermon Series on MP3. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.